To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your shooters who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. The back of the club, sipping my wet is where you find me. The back of the club, macking horse, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, I'm passing, music blasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys Biggie got to sleep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it. I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got Good morning, good baby. evening. Welcome, welcome back to the Panda Bar episode 007, baby. My name is Wangel Panda alongside Sergio Barragan. And we're here to bring you the latest news updates. Uh, commercial free, of course, from the world of sports, pop culture, music, uh, familia, familia, whatever you want to see in here around the world. We're here to deliver that news and updates to you. Uh, thank you so much for plugging in. Please remember to subscribe to the Panda Bar, double R, of course, uh, podcast on through iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, SoundCloud, yes, uh, as well as give us a like on Facebook, please. We'd love to hear your thoughts via messages and comments. Send us an email at thepandabar, double R, at gmail.com. And yeah, first and foremost, Sergio, so initial thoughts. What do you got on your mind right now? Uh, the biggest news in sports this week is probably... The Rams, the St. Louis Rams, formerly known as the St. Louis Rams, now mm-hmm. becoming the Los Angeles Rams. Yes. And maybe adding a second team to LA. Which should be, uh, hopefully. Might be the Chargers. Chargers, San Diego. And that's what was approved, I believe, through the plan. The plan which was, uh, they gave them a year to make up the decision mm-hmm. about moving to LA. So, I mean, the, the Chargers have the option. The Chargers if have if the they option. want to do it, do it. Which I feel like they will and should do it. Uh, because you already know my boys. My baby, baby boys in black and silver. The Oakland Raiders are likely, hopefully continuing, to stay in <laughs> Oakland, California, baby. In the Bay Area. Please, please, I really hope the silver and black stay in the Bay. Uh, but as we already know, even though the Rams are already set to go down to SoCal, the Chargers may and most likely will follow through with that with them. Um, partnering up in L.A. The Raiders still don't really have a home. No, they're the only team in the NFL that shares their stadium with the baseball team, right? Exactly, which is horrible. And as you can see through different multiple games and plays, uh, the infield dirt that the A's play on has really chipped up literally and figuratively uh, multiple plays and multiple players and uh, black and silver and opposing signs. So it's just really, I don't know, man. I'm really happy the Raiders aren't um, in place to move to L.A. just yet. But at the same time, we're still holding our breath because we don't know what the, what the plans are for the upcoming future when it comes to their stadium, when it comes to uh, any contracts with with the stadium. Um, the NFL provided $100 million for the Raiders to build a new stadium in, in Oakland. Uh, the city of Oakland, I think, pushed out either 60 or $80 million on their own. But... At the way at the way stadiums are going for the going rate, it's like, like that's one billion, not, right? Yeah, it's not, not going to. I heard you know apparently from what I've seen through different uh, posts and different um, articles, you need probably at least or around one billion dollars to actually not just build but also operate that uh, a stadium from the from the ground up. But the thing is also, the city is probably that's not a good investment for the city, mainly because. These stadiums are only going to be used for NFL games mm-hmm. most of the time. 
Uh, I think the stadium that's been used the most is MetLife Stadium in, in Jersey, the mm -hmm. one that the, the stadium that the Giants and the, the Jets use. Okay. And they got used eight time, 16 times for the NFL because both teams are there, mm -hmm. right? And they got used another 17 times for concerts and, and et cetera. And that was a total of 33 times. 33 nights out of 365 days mm -hmm. only gets used. Second most was um, the Niner Stadium. What was it? What's that one called? Levi Stadium. And I think it got used a total of like 16 times. And a brand new stadium, too. It's a brand new stadium. So, I mean, that's probably one of the main factors in terms of what's going on there. And, you know, it's, you know we talk about the, the effects of uh, sports teams and when it comes to gentrification. And um, Oakland, which is already going through a lot of issues uh, through gentrification through um, Silicon Valley and the tech boom over there. A lot of outsiders moving in, pushing in a lot of uh, communities of color, uh, a bunch of people of color, primarily black and brown folks, out, out of their homes uh, due to the rising rates of rent, um, has been a major factor, a major issue, excuse me, a major issue in, in the community in Oakland. At the same time, a lot of folks have been talking about, well, a lot of folks in Oakland have been talking about how they felt kind of demoralized for the fact that, one, a lot, most, in, basically every team in their city has had some kind of talks of moving. The Warriors are already going are already set to move across the bay, right next to AT&T Park. Um, they've had they already presented the really beautiful, um, I guess, sketch of the layout of, of that stadium and how it's going to be waterside and all of that. Um, I I feel sad for for the Warrior fans in Oakland. I'm not even a Warrior fan, but it's you know that's a team that's just had recent and recent uh, success, not just last season, but of course this season as well. Um, and then looking on, on the baseball end of things, the A's have had multiple talks of moving to Fremont. The only issue barring them from making that move is, of course, the Giants having um, geographic ties to San Jose and the South yeah. Bay area. So, you know, those are two teams, of course, in, in addition to what's going on with, with Oakland Raiders. So for uh, a, a beautiful city with beautiful uh, people who are fighting and always uh, cheering on for their teams, it, it would be really sad to see those teams leave, especially the Raiders, a team that's, you know, unlike the Warriors, which they've already kind of gotten to that pinnacle or have already gotten to this well, the Warriors, point of success. The Warriors also, they were originally in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Of well, course. not originally. They were originally in Philadelphia, but then they moved to San Francisco, mm -hmm. then they moved to Oakland. Yeah. Now they're planning to go back to San Francisco. And that's the thing about the Raiders, though, is like, unlike the, the Warriors where, you know, they've already won a championship, they're doing really well this season, of course, the Raiders have been kind of that, I won't say homegrown, but you've seen the decade of struggle from the team. You've seen the multiple number one picks gone through. But the, they've also seen three Super Bowls in Oakland. Oh, of course, yes, they have. Um, but talking about just the recent history of, of the team, it's been it's been sad, but it's been really fun and exciting to see this team grow within the past two years. Yeah, seeing, you know, definitely. Carter Cooper seeing uh, Mac. Mac. I think he's the lead he, sack. I don't know about the lead. I, I, number one or two, right? For sure. He's he's really good. But um, the one interesting thing about uh, Mac is that he was selected as a Pro Bowl twice this year. For yes, two different for positions. The first the player, player ever. ever. Yeah. You're right? The first player ever to be selected for two different positions. Uh, one, of course, at linebacker and once at uh, defensive end. No other player has done that ever. Yeah. For so far. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible, honestly. That's that's some crazy itch. Uh so I mean I've always been excited for Mac once he was drafted by by the Raiders. I see him as basically a mix of like a Ray Lewis slash uh, who was that guy from the Broncos who who was really beast? Uh, where? I guess yeah, yeah DeMarcus Ware. Well anyways. Um I'm really excited for the Raiders and for for this or kind of Von Miller. Von Miller, there we go. 
talking about Von Miller and kind of a Ray Lewis kind of player. Um, with that being said, it'll be really sad and, and depressing to see, see the Raiders who's, who've been moving on up and growing and developing as an actual successful football team, competitive uh, successful football team, um, have to leave uh, the city that's, that's been behind our backs for you know that decade of horrible play and horrible news and devastation. So I'm hoping Raiders stay in Oakland. Only time will tell. Sergio, your thoughts? What do you think? Well, my thoughts on the LA or the stadium that's being built, it looks pretty amazing. Have you been to LA Live? Nah, man, I'm all about the Bay Area. I've never really been. To well, you're a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan, man. <laughs> Kobe fan. Anyways, go ahead. Well, LA Live, well, Staples Center was built back in 2000, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, it, it, was, it was in downtown, but there was nothing around it when it was built. And now it's like a whole community. And they got restaurants and bars and whatever where you can chill and then go to the game or go to the game and then chill at these places. It's really cool. They got a theater and everything. And um, that's what they're trying to do with uh, the stadium in um, in Inglewood. They're trying to build a community out there. This stadium is worth $1.8 billion. At least that's what's on the plans. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason the NFL okayed it and everybody else has okayed it is because NFL's never really had a home, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really – their their offices are in, in New York City. But they do the combine in Indianapolis. Yep. They don't really have a go-to arena. They have to and they have to pay the Colts to use their arena. Yep. Right. So the St. Louis Rams owner, who is probably the richest owner of all the NFL owners, okay, said, "Okay, we'll we'll throw in the Pro Bowl. We'll throw in the, the combine. We'll throw in whatever events you guys want to have. We'll throw in some offices for you guys. Just mm-hmm. okay this stadium so we can move our team there. And then the Chargers might backpack on that." And it's going to be a big community in Englewood. And they're saying that even the Clippers might move to the LA Forum, which is just across the street. Whoa. And they don't have to share uh, uh, in a, a, an arena with the Lakers and, like, block out all the banners every time they have a home game. You see? So, yeah, Staples, I'm excited for, for Englewood. Staples Center is basically that, that one sitcom or that one movie where, like, you have one older brother who has his ish together, who's like making pretty good money, has a family, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, things start to change. Ding dong. Hey, it's me, the Clippers. I kind of lost my job again. Kind of come kick it with you, bro. And then things get interesting with the Clippers and Lakers playing in the same stadium. Hey, little bro, uh, I know you're winning a lot, but can you like let? It's going to take, take some time in, in the stadium. Nah, man, it's our game now. Da, 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 slam dunk. Na, 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 dunk City. Or was it Lob City? Da, da, da. That's, big, that's, that's how I view the Clippers in a Lakers relationship in, in, in Staples, uh, the Staples Center. So I'm really hoping you're right when the Clippers are moving out because that will just that'd be, that'd be great. That will probably be best for both teams. I exactly. Guess. I mean, come on. As a Clippers fan, do you really want to see the Lakers um, 20, 20 billion banners hanging in front of your face when you're not even playing the Lakers? Come on. Yeah, the, Come Lakers, on. the Lakers on the building and everything. Come so. on, Staples. Press the easy button. Is that Staples? No, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah? Ah, okay. <laughs> I got my reference right. Uh, quick um, little update slash correction. Uh, the leader in total sacks this past season was actually J.J. Watt with 17.5. No surprise. Mm-hmm. But a close second, of course, is Khalil Mack uh, with 15. So, yeah, that was great. You know, sophomore year, second best in sacks. 
Come on, right? It's pretty good. It's a great young team, and it's an exciting team. It's yeah. probably the most exciting team out of the three teams that were talked about being moved. They're mm-hmm. the most exciting team. Yeah. They're the team that's ready to win. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, Todd Gurley's going to be a star in LA, though. It'd be crazy. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on from uh, talking about one of my favorite teams, of course, in the silver and black, to a couple people who are known to have worn black. Um, <laughs> sorry, was that a really bad seg- segue? <laughs> I mean, come on. They're all known to be. Yeah, all these people are known to wear black. Uh, yeah. Black and orange. Okay. Bowie was... Sergio's even his weird look like, wait... We, we, we didn't plan that segue. Well, Bowie was very flamboyant. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go? Oh, no, no. I, I had a reason for this. Um, Space. Oh, Space. There we go. Okay. Yes. All right. I saved it. <laughs> Score. All right. Save that-ish like Brian Wilson in the early 2010 season. Um, that was a stretch. Sergio, next initial thought. Sadly, of course. Uh, this week, we've lost a lot of talented people and uh, artists, athletes. Uh, even Celine Dion lost her brother and her husband yes. it was in the last couple days. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Um, we lost giants. We lost a giant in the yeah, music really. industry. Yeah. And we lost uh, another giant. giant in film and a, natural, a pioneer. A literal giant. Yes. A pioneer in Monte Irvin. I think we could start there. So rest in power and peace. Monte Irvin, uh, one of the greatest uh, and well-known players in the, and not just San Francisco, but also New York Giants history. The first black uh, baseball player to join the, the Giants organization. A uh, pioneer, not just through his breakthrough as a first black player, but just a pioneer through the Giants organization. Uh, a Hall of Famer through and through, a legend uh, whenever he went and came through AT&T and spoke and shook hands with the players and fans. This man is a representation of a classy player, you know, a legend, a Hall of Famer, and he'll truly be missed. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So rest in peace, Monte Irvin. Uh, not just the, the Giants community, but everybody in baseball and sports. Uh, we loved you. Um, thank you for your service to the game and for representing uh, very well in the black and orange and, and uh, within your time as a player and as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm being a pioneer. Next up is uh, Alan Rickman, a guy Alan that you're Rickman. a big fan of. Yes. I'm a big fan of as well. Yes, this was really surprising for uh, Alan Rickman passed away, same age as Bowie, um, age 69. Mm-hmm. Seemed fairly healthy, of of course. Uh, sadly, uh, passed away after his battle with and uh, battle with cancer. Um, been well known for multiple films. Um, of course, breaking out through his role as Hans Gruber mm-hmm. in Die Hard, the Die Hard film, the first one, right? Yes, the yeah, first. Right. Of course, he died. In second. Okay, um, the first one, of course, and like he came back for a <laughs> his weird... brother came. His brother came back, and the third one. Oh my god, can you met oh, it's in the wrong place. Oh, oh the wrong. second or third one, I can't remember. I think they're all brothers. <laughs> We're talking about brothers, it makes me think of the, the Lakers, like you defeat the Lakers, like, wait, that was only the older brother. And then Blake Griffin comes in and it's like Yeah. Anyways. Um Alan Rickman broke through through his role as Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh has also been a part of Galaxy uh, Quest Dogma, uh as Tetranon, Tetraton, Tetraton, the voice of God basically. 
Love Ashley, as well as, of course, the iconic yeah. Harry Potter films. Yeah. As Most well-known role. Professor Severus Snake. Snape, not Snake. <laughs> Come on, Wayne, get it together. Um, but Alan Rickman, man, he's iconic. Like that, that double bass voice he performs with is just so well-known. If you hear that yeah. voice, you know who that is. It's very immediately. unique. Very unique. Um, and apparently a lot of uh, his past co-workers and uh, other actors and actresses who, who's worked, who've worked with him have mentioned, even though he's always played these very dark, sinister characters, uh, usually the villain or who you might perceive to be a villain at times, at most times in the film. Um, he's actually very, very much a wonderful person. There yeah. was some stories shared about how in a Harry Potter uh, film set, you're not supposed to bring anybody else on set. But every week on Fridays, he would bring his uh, friends and family's kids, eight-year-olds, six-year-olds who were big Potter heads, really mm-hmm. into Harry Potter, on their set and just have lunch and talk with them and joke with them. So, they, would, you know, the, the Harry Potter, like, uh, crew would just see a bunch of random kids following uh, Severus Snape and this all-black robe eating lunch and then laughing and giggling. And, yeah. you know, he's still in his character, like, do not disappoint me. Finish your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Jared. But they would just all start laughing and, you know, bring you know, their wands and all that, play around with the potions, and just show it to his character. He was a wonderful, amazing person. Uh, he gave a lot of great advice to not just the young actors, but to all actors and actresses he worked with. He was also a great uh, political activist, fighting not just for uh, feminism and uh, for the importance of men to be feminist as well, but for, um, to follow the lead of women uh, through that movement, but also his fight towards uh, Palestinian rights, uh, taking on um, not well-known, but, but uh, one of the most um, powerful screenplays as a director. And as a co-writer, uh, focusing on this uh, British, I believe, uh, journalist who was uh, killed by um, by a crane, I believe, uh, within by, by an Israeli crane in the Middle East, and he kind of took that script, run with, uh, uh, kind of ran with it, directed it, and it was one of his passion projects because of how much he believed in Palestinian rights within the Middle East, and and, uh, and because of his passion for uh, political activism. So bravo. Uh, Alan Rickman, we'll, we'll miss you dearly, and you know, after all this time, we love you, always. Rest in peace. Um, our third guy, and uh, probably the person that got the most outpour, and uh, he passed away Golden Globe night, Sunday, and then news came out Monday morning, was is David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Bowie, for many who probably, I don't know, how many people don't know him? He's, he's a very common name, but he hasn't he hasn't very he hasn't been very active over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Did release an album in twenty thirteen called uh, A New Day, mm-hmm. and then he just recently released an album last Friday. But mm-hmm. we didn't even mention that it was released. Mm-hmm. But it's called, it's called Black Star, and we'll talk about it more later in the podcast. But David Bowie, a chameleon, an icon, mm-hmm. an artist. Everything he did about his life. A revolutionary was, to, to the music world. Yeah. Um, there's been, you know, 
there's been there's a video on that came on MTV right yep, that, exactly. I was like, yeah where it basically calls out mid interview yeah or during the interview calls out MTV for not playing black artists or artists of color yeah. um, on on the music television helping, network helping break down the color barrier yeah, yeah. Uh, and not not necessarily trying to be like a white savior in, in that sense but which is like yo just yo you know I'm at this place people know my name MTV what the H, are you doing? You know, like, well, what, he's, what, he's what also saying doing? that these guys have influenced me, and how exactly. come you guys aren't playing their music? Exactly. Like he, he, well, he's gone through phases. Like last mm-hmm. week, we spoke about great artists go through phases and change up their style. He was mm-hmm. never the same artist mm-hmm. every single album, mm-hmm. and just like Kanye West or the Beatles or Pablo Picasso, yeah, um, he changed it up, and then he had his Ziggy Stardust uh, movement, and then he had his Plastic Soul movement. Mm-hmm. Right, and he had um, Luther Vandross singing in the background for him, um, and then he had the, the disco thing going on with Fame. But yeah, I think um, he he wanted to pave the way for artists that helped him out, just like yeah. the Rolling Stones and the Beatles before him, yeah. who were inspired by. Guys like Chuck Berry and Little Richard. Mm-hmm. He was also influenced by those guys as well. In a way, it came to me, to me well, I'm not the most and, and the best well-versed Bowie fan, of course. I'm uh, sure you take a cake on that compared to myself. But what I do know is he's influenced so many people from different genres. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about, you know, there's some great articles out there about how he's influenced um, hip-hop. I'd say, yeah. oh, he drained him. No, not like that. But the way he influenced music overall as a game-changer, as a revolutionary, you see a, a very similar kind of mirror effect with Kanye. Yeah. He comes out with songs and people are like, what the heck is this? Yeah. What kind of hip-hop is this? Is this really hip-hop? It is like a mix of rock. And, and then he bends genres. Exactly. He bends genres. He bends uh, music as an art form, as a visual piece. Yeah. You know, the visual piece to that through music videos. Similar to what Kanye's done to a lot of other artists have done. Lady Gaga things. People from different genres have have, have definitely been influenced by by his uh, master masterwork. And um, yeah. it's, it's, it's great to see folks um, give the respect. Yeah. And... and uh, and their say to an amazing artist. So again, mad respect, love, and uh, rest in power to Monte Irvin, Alan Rickman, and David Bowie, three pioneers in their fields and, and their lives. And uh, thank you for everything. And before we uh, move on, we want to give you a cheers. Our Firestone DBA, Double Barrel, double barrel Ale, uh, Firestone Walker, cheers again. To we should be sponsored by these guys. Yeah, we should. David Bowie, Alan Rickman, a little trouble there, and Monte Irvin. Vem meu trem, vem meu trem Sei que tá na hora e eu vou me dar bem Sempre em frente Nunca pra trás Alright, moving on. We'd like to actually continue talking about uh, David Bowie, um, his latest album, brand new album, Black Star, um, as I just played earlier. Uh, and I'll play after this uh, one, one of the uh, pieces from that album. But um, I wanted to also give give a shout out to one of the really interesting stories. If you've ever watched Life Aquatic with Steve uh, Steve Zissou, which is that movie with uh, what's his name? Aquatic. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. 
Uh, which I feel that's like a West, very West, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's this guy, Sue uh, George, Jorge George, Sue George, who is this well known, um, well, not super well known, but yeah, pretty well known Brazilian musician. And he plays one of David Bowie's songs. I just played that right uh, between that transition. Um, he played uh, Changes, he covers Changes uh, within the film um, the Life Aquatic, and it's one of my favorite uh, covers of David Bowie. Bowie's one of those artists where, like, you you watch movies, and then they play a song, and you're like, man, that's a great song. And then, like, ten years later, you'll find out that's a Bowie song. Yeah, no, I didn't know that was a Bowie song. Like, man, I knew, I know Changes is a Bowie song, but he, he sang it in Portuguese, which is really interesting. <laughs> and uh, David Bowie's actually a really big fan of Sue George. Um, Hori, sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name. But this is what uh, Bowie said about uh, Sue's uh, cover. Yeah. Had Sue George not recorded my songs in Portuguese, I would never have heard this new level of beauty, which he has imbued with them with. Um, just the fact that Bowie, he's not going to be like, talking like, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's my song, whatever. He's like, inspired by folks from covers. And then his, Bowie's his also very open to collaborate. Yeah, yeah. He's been so openly supportive of this, uh, of, of, of Sue George, this Brazilian artist. That's, that's why you got like you got guys like Puffy and Jay-Z that have sampled his music because he allows them to mm-hmm. very easily. Mm-hmm. And then he collaborated with Queen, of course, yep. and Under Pressure, and then he collaborated with John Lennon for fame. Exactly. Oh, I love fame. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, go back, going back to his, his yes. brand new album that came Black out. Star. Black Star. Black Star. Um... Now has more meaning than when the, than last Friday because yeah. of his death, of course, and then his producer, which I forgot his name, uh, said announced that uh, this was a parting gift from David Bowie, mm. and um, standing alone, the album by itself, and not and putting Bowie's death into it, incorporating it, I think I would give it like a a, a solid eight, eight and a half. Mm-hmm. it's a good album it's one of the mm-hmm. better albums I've listened to over the last year and you've been listening to it all week right I've been listening I at least listened to it 10-12 times this week damn okay I've had long days at work and this is the, the got my, you moving through yeah. man okay it's a, it's a great album um, I love Black Star in it the, the, the title track mm-hmm. and it's the lead single uh, yeah it's the lead single too Lazarus which has an opening um, line saying look up here I'm in heaven and and the video itself is very chilling. Yes, like yes. It's very emotional. I mean, well, you're not even thinking about the death of Bowie. Just watching it is very chilling. But now incorporating that aspect mm-hmm. to, to watching the video, it is very chilling um, and very moving, honestly. Um, the way he's you know, viewed life and, and incorporated his perspective of life as something to be, uh, not, not necessarily challenged, but to embrace, mm-hmm. is the same way he's he's kind of viewed death through this music, through these lyrics. Which he's is to viewed death... The, he, he um he's viewed he's viewed death as art mm-hmm. he, it's another art form uh, yeah it's another way to express himself mm-hmm. which is crazy it's really beautiful man I mean, and dance, that's amazing. An, another song that i really liked in the album was i can't give everything away mm-hmm. and then maybe the most radio friendly song in, in the album is called girls love me which is a terrific song and the whole mm-hmm. album is, is great but I, I i do love the album uh, I may even go as far as to say it's probably the best album I've listened to since um, Kendrick Lamar's. 
Chupimba Butterfly, mm. which influenced this album. Dave Bowie openly says that Chupimba Butterfly influenced uh, his his latest album That's because amazing. he has a jazz on en- jazz ensemble playing in the background almost every single track. And you know, you know, you know, I'm a jazz geek, sir. So, you know, I'm a bang geek. I now, you, now you're wait, wait, to which album. one is that? Is that every well, most songs? All songs have something jazz. They either uh, have a trumpet or the sax. It's done. The way Joe Hannah will listen to it. Probably buy it. Um, well, you can get on Apple, and yeah. then just if you already have Apple Music. But um, yeah, it has a lot of jazz stuff, and I think it has like a. He said there was another artist that influenced them, but it also sounds like a Radiohead influence mixed with a Kendrick Lamar influence, mm-hmm. which is terrific. Electronic nice. music and jazz, terrific. You'll mm-hmm. love this album. So go ahead, check that out. Black Star. David Bowie's um, last album um, out now, of course. Check it out on Apple Music. Check it out online. Check it out through Amazon. Whatever you got to do, get your hands on that album or get your ears on those songs. Um, again, David Bowie, rest in power, rest in beats, rest in peace. Thank you for your music. Thank you for your videos. Thank you for your influence uh, throughout your lifetime. You will be missed and never forgotten. That was a sample from David Bowie's latest album, rest in peace, of course, uh, Black Star, uh, the title piece, actually. So uh, if you like that, check it out. Um, there's a lot of uh, a little bit of everything for, for, for everybody on, on that album. So go ahead, check it out when you have a chance. Moving on, Divisional Playoffs. Sergio, we have followed through and have actually <laughs> kept track of our Panda picks, at least for football. Um, so as it stands, and as you all know, the Patriots, of course, have beat. Have beaten the Chiefs. Have beaten the Chiefs. Just, just basically last, just, just an, an hour ago. An hour ago. Uh, we both uh, made that pick correctly. Uh, so we both get a point there. Uh, the Broncos and Steelers will be playing tomorrow, of course. Um, for last week's wildcard picks, which have, of course, already done, and you, most of you already know about. Um, we both picked the Seahawks to beat the Vikings, which both happened. We both get another point there, two to two. Uh, this is where things change. Uh, the Washington Football Club. Yes, lost Sergio to the went Packers. with Sergio went with the Washington Football Club. Uh, please change your name soon. Uh, well, <laughs> I went with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, my boy. Discount double check, and the Packers discount double debt like that. Uh, the Washington Football Team. So I got that point there, three to two. And we have still yet uh, to complete the Cardinals-Packers game as things roll currently. Let's see the score. Let's see the score. 7-3. Ah, what? Card- the Cardinals are up on Who do you have in this the G-Man Packers. I have the Cardinals. You got the Cardinals. So we'll see how things go there. And, of course, for tomorrow's game, we both have picked the Panthers to beat um, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. The, C- the Seattle Bowl is what Jalen Rose is calling it. What's it calling it? Jalen Rose is calling it the Ciara Bowl. Oh, wow. You know why? Wow. Wow. Why? Because Camion's Ciara's ex, too. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Halftime performance by Ciara. Okay. Well, I, mean, I like both quarterbacks, but we'll see how things go. Um, well, I'm not Ciara, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so we'll th- see how things go there. Um, so right now it's three to two. Actually, it's it's tied. What about the Steelers? Did we do picks for Steelers Broncos? Oh yeah, for Steelers Broncos, I I chose the Broncos. You chose you you chose the Steelers. 
Well, now it, it, I don't know because AB is not playing. Antonio Brown's not playing. But you already made a you already made a pick though. <laughs> the game hasn't been played. You already made a pick though. You already. I throw shenanigans on that boy. You know that yes. Come on, homie. You know I'll be nice. So you want you want to switch to Broncos? Hold on. Let's 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 give it the tail of the tape. Okay. We got the Broncos with a really 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 old quarterback. Playing, who's, who's had a horrible history in, in, in the aside playoffs. from one Super Bowl, has had a, a horrible history in playoffs. He got Pay Manning on one side. Mm-hmm. The running games developed a little bit over the over the year. Yeah, it was Ant- C.J. Anderson, C.J. Anderson, and from Ronnie Cal, Hill. Baby. From Cal, but I don't know if C.J. Anderson's hurt. Is I don't here? know. I don't know. No, I don't think he, I don't think he is. Uh, um, then you got the Steelers depleted because. Um, Big Ben is is gonna be throwing with a messed up shoulder, mm-hmm. like there's a ligament in his shoulder that's really Sorry. messed up. Okay. And like he was throwing sidearm at the end of the last game. I was watch I watched the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got AB not playing, who's mm-hmm. the best receiver in the game right now, probably mm-hmm. top two, top three, you can argue. But um, and then you got you're going up against the Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I think I'll probably go with the Broncos. <laughs> all right. Saying all that. Going with the Broncos. Yeah. To make things interesting. But I hope the Steelers win. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because the Steelers win, they play in Foxborough in New England. Okay. If the Broncos win, they play in Denver. They play the Patriots in Denver. And you want the Patriots to win. Yeah, so I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Sergio switching his pick to the Broncos. But let's recap a couple of these games. I mean, the Patriots beating Chiefs. No, nothing's surprising there, correct? No. They couldn't run much, the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we didn't see Tom Brady run the ball into the end zone, getting yeah. a rushing touchdown. And then his two passing touchdowns were to Gronk, of course, mm-hmm. his red zone target. And then Amendola back. Yeah. We had like 16 targets, had like nine catches, almost yeah. 100 yards. It made a very questionable hit, a big hit on uh, – the Chiefs punt returner. Um, Did I say Amendola? Edelman is what oh, I meant. Oh, my bad. Julian Edelman. Well, yeah. So, I mean, talking about, you know, They're Amendola. They're both white guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Amendola, who made a weird hit and really bad hit on the uh, Chiefs punt returner. Um, I think it was a helmet to helmet. And it resulted in nothing more than a two-yard um, move up for Kansas City. So, I mean, you got to kind of question if, if, if NFL really wants to move away from these kind of plays and big hits and uh, potential concussion causing plays, what are you going to do there? What are you doing there? I mean, uh, have you seen it, Sergio? I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, I don't haven't seen it. But if you know, from my look at it, I was like, come on, refs, that, that should have been something different. I mean, I don't know what exactly it should have been, but it's something that was the player knocked out. Wasn't knocked out, but it basically was a similar kind of hit in my eyes. To the Steelers, the um, AB hit. Yeah, the AB hit. It kind of reminded me of that. You know that guy got suspended for three games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know whether that means a three-day, uh, three-game suspension is coming up. We will see. Um, but yeah, if he gets a suspension for that hit, that means he's not playing the next game. Like, exactly. NFC Championship he's game. He's gonna miss in the potential Super Bowl. Yeah. Brian Dola, that's a, that's a big hit to the Patriots, right? Or he can, or he can uh, do the Tom Brady thing and be like, when they ask him, "Are you a cheater?" I don't think I'm a cheater. <laughs> when they ask him, <laughs> we'll see. Patriots twenty-seven, 
<laughs> Chiefs down uh, to 20. Um, a lot closer than we thought. Uh, right now, the Packers and Cardinals are uh, playing in the, in the second quarter. Nine minutes left. Uh, Cardinals up 7-3. Probably going to be a close game. I think the Pack uh, could come back and win that one. We'll see how things go. Well, the thing is, the Cardinals did beat them pretty, pretty badly. Yeah. So we feel 38-8, something thing about like that. The Packers, like, their, their season kind of, like, tailspin. It's just because they did so well during the, the majority seven of the season. Games. For seven games, like, it saved them. But at the same time, like, you've seen, and I know diehard Packer fans who've, who've stayed this, they've seen this kind of tailwind. Um, this kind of tailspin downward spiral uh, happening, and, and they're they're worried. They as they hired Packers, I would be they're too. Not, they're not. They're not really they don't have happen. a strong defense. They don't have any receivers that are a real enough. Yeah. yeah, to get open. You know, they're, they're real really old or and injured. Then, and their running back looks like they he ate the other running back. Exactly. <laughs> but Lazy's still a beast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Mister Rogers always comes through. Uh, not always, but most of the time comes through. Um, do one to Cal. He's a smart guy. Um, well, let's see this guy make some magic happen. And hopefully right. by the end of this podcast, we'll figure out what happens. Yeah. And then, of course, for tomorrow, Broncos Steelers. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, I really would want to see that. Both of those games, uh, the Broncos uh, Steelers and Seahawks uh, Carolina game, should both be really interesting to watch. Any yeah. thoughts on those games? Well, we kind of already spoke about the Steelers-Broncos with the depleted yeah. Steelers and the Broncos, Peyton Manning being old and not really performing for the, in the postseason for mm-hmm. his whole career, basically. And then the Seattle Bowl, um, you got Carolina and Panthers going 15-1 during the regular season. This is basically a rematch as well. Both games are rematches, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos lost to the Steelers mm-hmm. in the, during the regular season, and the Panthers definitely beat the Seahawks. Well, def- Not definitely, but they beat them coming back in the fourth quarter, and then coming from behind. But I do see the Panthers winning, and I do see the Broncos winning. Well, matchup to keep, keep in mind. Sorry, go ahead. Go, go uh, ahead. What's really interesting is Marshawn Lynch is coming back. He's, That's he's, right. He's already proclaimed he's coming back. He's ready to go. And you know how big of a fan I am of Marshawn Lynch. And I don't know, Sergio, if you're going to be switching off on the Panthers, or sorry, on <laughs> on the Steelers, nah, I'm not going to switch off. Because, I mean, remember, <laughs> yeah. I made that, that my, my, my one pick to win the Super Bowl was going to be the Panthers. If I switch off, that would be weird. Yeah, the Panthers, Bengals, you got them. Yeah, yeah got them. I mean, I only lost that one. I mean, you lost one too, right? Cause no, you, I got you the, the Patriots, Patriots and, and Packers. Oh, dang, you still in this. Okay. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Um, what I was going to say, yeah. We're still going to Panthers, and it'll be interesting. Though it's gonna be a fun game to see uh, Marshall Lynch come back and face off against Kukli, 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 Kukli Puffs. Should be fun. Luke Kikli. Kikli. That's Kikli. that's his name. Luke oh, Kikli. Kikli. I don't like Quigley more. Quigley. Quigley. That's Quiggle. That's the name of the dark arts professor from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The guy who he turns around and Voldemort's like in the back of his head. Have you seen uh-huh. the movie? I've seen all the movies. I just don't remember that much. Come on, Sergio. What was your childhood? Uh, I didn't watch them when I was a kid. I watched them like two years ago. All of them. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I was like, wait, how old were you when it came out? I was 12. When oh, but you just out. watched them two years ago. I just watched them two years ago. Did you like it? Well, they're cool. They're entertaining. Nice. Okay. It didn't change my life. Okay. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Uh... There were eight movies, right? Seven bucks, eight movies. The last one split to two. I just said seven bucks. People like, dang, where are you getting that deal? <laughs> Oh, where's that at? Amazon Black Market. <laughs> All right. So those are your games coming up. Um, but yeah, we'll see how things go. We'll, we'll catch up with you all next week on the Divisional Playoffs.
All right, Oscar nominations time. Sergio, what's your, what's your thoughts about the Oscars coming on? Uh, the Oscars are going to be shown February 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two big winners this year are not big winners. Well, the two movies, two films that got the most nominations are one that I'm going to see tonight, actually, The Revenant. Mm-hmm. They got nominated 12 times. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Lead Actor, Best Supporting Actor mm-hmm. for both Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Tom Hardy. And then you got Alejandro, I can't even pronounce his last name, and he's Mexican, Inayuriti, something okay. like that, Inariti. I'm butchering his name. I have to hear it so I can pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but number of white people uh, announce, uh, announce his name, so I, I, I don't even know how to say his name. Oh, I got to hear it in Spanish. It's up for Best Cinematography as well. So 12 nominations. The movie with the second most nominations is actually my favorite movie that I saw in 2015, mm-hmm. Mad Max. I'm a huge fan of Mad, Mad Max. Max, Fury Road. But yeah, uh, most of its nominations came for, for technical stuff, like uh, best editing, best sound editing, best um, costumes. And then you got, I think he should definitely, uh, George Miller should definitely get best director. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up for best picture. Nice. I haven't seen The Revenant yet, so I can't say which is the better of the two films, but I really, really love Mad Max. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think anybody who's an action film uh, buff or likes action film movies mm-hmm. should definitely watch this. This is the best action movie I've seen since maybe, uh, definitely since 300. 300 had like the best action sequences mm-hmm. I can remember since this since this movie. But also if you watch 300 today, you're kind of like, oh, it's a little over the top. Come on. Yeah. But that's that's the whole thing about it. Yeah. And so so is Mad Max. Like it's mm-hmm. secretly a feminist film and secretly oh, yeah. and secretly uh Tom Hardy Max Max I forgot the guy's last name, the character's mm-hmm. last name. Tom Hardy's character is not the main character. It's uh Furiosa. I think his last it's name is Charlie Stone. Fury Road. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Max. Max Fury Road. It's something with an art, but... Fury Road. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> and the, the plot's very simple, Fury Road. but the action sequences are just amazing. Like, you got guys jumping out of cars, mm-hmm. explosions, cars flipping, and, like, these shots are just beautifully shot. It's uh, it's in the desert. You make it sound like Die Hard. It's Die Hard with steroids times 10. Mm. It's you'll you'll love it. I think you'll love it. It's not too gory. I don't think there's a lot of <laughs> for listeners at home. And I know you're gonna give me fuck about this, <laughs> but I'm not the biggest fan of gore. I don't take suspense that well, and I'll own up to it, man. Like you know, that's just the way I I've kind of grew up and, and done that. So whenever I ask about or talk about these kind of films, I kind of tend to go towards Sergio. <laughs> On the other side of things, I love cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know and, and, uh, do you have anything else about Mad Max before we move on go watch it we will <laughs> go watch it we will go watch it I'll, I'll oh, d- go watch it hold on this movie is, is should be seen in a big screen okay like if you try to watch it in, in the in your laptop or something like that on your phone it's not gonna it's, water it's not the same effect mm. right some music uh, you should be listening to it loud some movies you should watch in a really big screen mm-hmm. and get the all the visual and you get the sound the surround sound and so, so you, okay so don't watch it at a laptop because it'll be watered down like unless you've already seen it okay because i well, i watched it again last week on hbo go on my laptop and it, it I so watch it in theaters or at a big screen if you're you know fancy like that uh, because if you watch it on a laptop it'll be watered down just like beer at a frat party <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Uh, my number one choice, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this, Inside it was, Out. It was nominated for Inside Out, Best yes. Animation. And they should win it, because Inside Out is amazing. Yeah, because I don't know the rest of the yeah. other movies. No, I care about mental health. I care about emotions. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very much down to talk about emotions and transparency with friends and family. Mental health is very important to me. It's a very important, not necessarily issue, but topic to talk mm-hmm. about. Um my family, friends, and my partner, and all that. But Inside Out is great because it's a, it's and of course it's a Pixar film, a children's movie, but it's also open to and, and great for everybody. It, it's it's like it's, Wally, or exactly. Yeah, it's located in um, in San Francisco, my favorite. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of those films where it's not just about oh everything ends up happy again, which was a fairly happy ending. But at the same time, the main message, which was very beautiful, was it's okay to be sad. You know, a lot of these films shoot at, yeah, everything's happy, everybody's happy, but life's not always happy, and that's just, you know, that's not how life is. So reality is you're going to have times where you're angry, sad, you know, depressed, whatever it might be, anxious, um, and of course, happy moments as well, and excited. Um, but it's, it's one of those films that opens that kind of dialogue, that kind of takes space to have those conversations with your kids, with your families, with your partners, with your parents, uh, about emotions, about mental health, about um, checking in on a more transparent level. And I love it. And at the same time, it's fun. It's fun. Come on. Bing bong. Come on. And Sergio, I'll tell you this. I'll be super transparent with all y'all. I don't remember a Pixar movie where I haven't teared up. Inside Out was a pretty, pretty, pretty good candidate for making me close to crying. Because it, yeah. was, it, was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty emo- emotional well, movie. I mean, Pixar never really had a misstep, right? I can't really name a bad Pixar movie. People probably talk about Bugs Life. I, I like Bugs Life. I actually really like Bugs Life. You were probably like five years old when that movie came yeah, out. Yeah, probably. Like if I watched it now, I'm like, oh, what's that? Yeah. I remember um, that growing up. Yeah. But, you know, so I heard, you know, I think that might be, I never was into Cars, you know, I never liked the Cars series, but a lot of people do. But it made a lot of money. Yeah, made a lot of money and, and, you know, the toys and all and that. Owen Wilson in it and it had Paul it Newman. Didn't. Who was Owen Wilson? What he was like? the main guy. What? He was a red car. <laughs> I was laughing about how Owen Wilson's, the way he like, talks is so funny. Also, this a strong connection to the, um, what's Wes Anderson films because mm-hmm. he's in all all those films basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Owen Wilson is so funny whenever he's like surprised. I think we should do this every time we there's like something surprising each week. We go like, this is your Owen Wilson wow moment of the week. <laughs> it's like, sir, hey sir, hey sir, what are you doing today? <laughs> hey sir, how was your week? Oh, just talk to me. Just talk to you. Yeah. Hey uh, sir, Owen Wilson, how was your week today? I was. It was a really busy week. Wow. How how busy was it? Wow. I left work. Three times at 11 o'clock. That's how busy it was. Wow. Anyways. True story, by the way. Hashtag true story. True story. True, true story. Owen Wilson has stopped Sergio and checked in with him on his on his day because he watched Inside Out and he knows the importance of checking with your family members. It's okay to be sad. Even Owen Wilson is sad at times. But when he's surprised, he says, Wow. All right, moving on. Uh, one last issue we want to talk about is um, hashtag Oscar is so white. I'm not talking about my coworker Oscar. Um, you're cool. You know, it's fine. Do your thing. But I'm talking about the Oscars uh, nominations. No folks of color, no actors, or actresses, or uh, no, yeah, no actors or actresses of color were nominated for uh, an Oscar. And Sergio, your take on that? Well, I mean, we're definitely. Uh talking as a person of color, uh, mis- not mis- underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you had great films like Creed, Creed. 
straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, that acting wasn't the best at straight out of Compton. Yeah. But I think as a film overall, I think it should have maybe gotten a best picture nom. What's that one movie on Netflix um, about the children? Or Gary Gray should have been directed. Like, oh, yeah. Just the, Alba. And Beast of No Nation. That was a terrific again, film. Too gory for me, but I've heard so many great things about How's it. How's it gory? I you, don't know. I thought it was, it's, it's, that's I mean, not gory. I don't want to see children die. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Homie, I, you're talking to the guy who wanted to focus on Inside Out during his whole Oscar talk. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you're right, though, right? Like, it just Alba should have been nominated for supporting actor for sure. Because yes. I, I saw the list and like that doesn't really impress me much, mm-hmm. right? Um, it doesn't seem like Michael of... Michael B. Jordan might be a push, but I mean, for best actor mm-hmm. in Creed. But other than Leo and The Revenant, who's Getting rave reviews mm-hmm. as always. But well, we haven't seen yet, of course. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll see it tonight. Um, there's not a strong field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael B. Jordan should have gotten some cons- consideration, at yeah. least at the very least. It's a nomination. Like, who I don't it? know. There's there's, there's um, a couple guys out there, but mm-hmm. you can argue Michael B. Jordan. And, and are you telling me, you know, aside from Leo, because you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. I'm okay with that because he's he, a favorite to win. Yeah, because when he when he wanted to go globe, go globe, that's be great. Yeah, yeah. When he wanted to go globe, he did a pretty great job uh, for Native Americans. Yeah, fighting, not yeah, not just Native Americans, just for indigenous communities around the world, fighting for environmental change, but also connect, making that connection uh, towards the rights and fights for uh, justice for indigenous communities. And he wasn't. It didn't to me. It didn't seem like he was coming out there as like his white savior kind of thing. He checked in with uh, different community members and tribal leaders before he made that decision to to speak on that. He he's worked with them throughout the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the cultural advisors for the film, of course, is uh, from from his own personal tribe. Uh, has mentioned how he had a great time working with Leo and the film crew. How did they did a great job respecting certain. Tri- uh, certain uh, histories, traditions, and stories, and not just exploiting that. And of course, you could always be critical of, of you know, white actor or actress coming up there and saying something like that. Um, but, you know, it was very, you know, shades of Marlon Brando, if you remember. When, when hey, he, how do you know about Brando? Look at you. Look at me. Look at me. I'm growing. Look at I'm just... you. <laughs> yeah, you really surprised me with that hey, one. Hey, 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 I'm moving up, baby. <laughs> Filipinos in the house. Have you seen Starsky and Hutch? Nah. Yeah, these are Oh, no, I lost with, respect. With, ah, so you got hella with, sad. With Ben Stiller and, and Owen Wilson. Yeah, I, I heard saw that shit. Wow. What about it? And, and Snoop. Yes. What about it? Okay, there's a scene in the movie where, like, I think Ben Stiller said, does something or says something impressive mm-hmm. while he's around uh, Snoop Dogg. And he's like, oh, Starsky, you just moved up a notch in my book. You're now a notch one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm now a notch one. I think Sergio's book. <laughs> book of Notches. Um, no, I mean, I'll say the only reason I know that is because I was reading articles about it and I was like, oh, they mentioned it. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I've, I've seen you, that clip before. I was like, what, what happened? I was like, what, what happened at that time? What did Marlon Brando do that? And like, I found out. That's the time when he won the Oscar for uh, Best yeah. Actor for The Godfather yeah. and um, he didn't show up. He was a, yeah. Well, he's not the first because George C. Scott was the first person not to uh, accept Except. the Oscar. Oh. But supposedly, he has two Oscars, Marlon Brando. And supposedly he had the other Oscar as like a doorstep. <laughs> what a boss! Well, Brando is when it comes to acting, he's the god of acting. He's mm-hmm. the he's the standard that every every actor is measured by. He's the even even beyond the Godfather because he's done so many great films. No, no, like yeah, the Godfather was just like his Twilight songs, like whatever. The face of what is it? No, but like when you're talking about acting, he is 
the godfather of acting. You got Pacino, Nicholson, De Niro. They all mention him as an inspiration. Yeah. And like when I think Scorsese was asked, like, how do you when uh, what do you, how do you feel about Brando? And then Brand, uh, he Scorsese was like, acting is measured by Brando. It's there's before Brando mm-hmm. and after Brando. He's mm-hmm. the marker. Yep. And that's like with any great artist, like you got like a Jordan. You it's got a rubric. Yeah, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. So. Brando is my favorite actor. Yeah. I've seen most of his movies. I've seen The Wild One. I've seen On the Waterfront. Yeah. Um, yeah, Viva Zapata. He was in a streak for like five, six years where he got nominated every single year. Nice. And he's so he's considered to have the greatest performance ever by an actor on on the waterfront. Mm. So if, you, if you're if you want to see great acting, go check out On the Waterfront. Check out On the Waterfront. Uh, we're going back to the topic of Oscar So White. You know, you and I both agree, man. There needs to be a better representation of uh, folks of color in the Oscars and the media overall. There's, there should be better representation of 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 people of color in films in general. Because yeah. I mean, and just yeah, music films like it's it's crazy. You know, it's at the same time. though, I've been reading a couple articles which had a really really interesting point of view. Um, uh, and I won't get into it too much because I, I I do a lot more reading those articles, but um, I talk about well as folks of color, and of course the writer who produced this article uh, identifies as black uh, talks about how she's like well maybe we shouldn't care about the Oscars. It's a white institution in itself. It's built by white and for white people uh, in 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 its history, um, and maybe it's time for us to kind of focus on a new way of affirming ourselves and our community members through their work. And that's an interesting way of, of going about things. Uh, but when, you know, closing this this kind of uh, section out, like, we both agree, right? There yeah. needs to be better representation. There needs to be uh, better, better acknowledgments of, of these issues. And from what I know, the president of the, I don't know, I can't remember the name of it, I guess the Oscars. The Oscars, right? yeah, she's black. She's black. So I, I wonder. Um, I want. I would love to see what you know. Not saying it's. Oh, she should do. It. No, of course not, because that's probably a lot of pressure. To to like. And she's 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 uh she's been vocal about this. She's been vocal, and she said she's upset by it. Yeah. And other other people of color who um. Um. Who have, a status in in Hollywood have also been vocal about it over over the last week, but um. But I think it's uh, the people in the academy, like once you're in the academy, you're in there for life. And mm-hmm. most people, I think it's 96% white. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how things go. Oscar's so white. Again, we hope. And we do see some change happening. Hopefully it'll come sooner than... than well, the talent is people of color, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll see how things go. Oscar's so white. Hopefully that changes. Uh, we'll be right back. College football championship game. It was exciting. Yes. It was very exciting. Sergio has won the pen pick there. Uh, he uh, brilliantly and, of course, um, um, probably a smarter move, uh, chose Alabama. Alabama, t- the Crimson Tide. Um, Fourth championship in seven years, something yeah, like that. Man, saving. What do you think, man? I'm sure he's moved to the NFL. What, what else does he have Does he have to do in, in – uh, in I think Saban's going to be the Coach K of college football, right? 
Like, yeah. he just stays at his school. His thing. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he's already old. I think he's, like, 62, 64, something like that. Yeah. He's pretty oldish. Um, and, and you'd hate him, you know, well, he already has a legacy. And there's there's no yeah. way he could really tarnish it unless something really horrible. Well, they're already happens. calling him the GOAT of college football coaches. Yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. Um, but, you know, <laughs> talking about other college coaches who did really well, but then went to the NFL and messed up. Well, he, he, was, he was one of them. Really? Well, where did he go? Save saving coach for the Dolphins for three years. Really? Mm-hmm. As a head coach? Yeah, as a head coach. What? And then he got fired after the third season. And the reason he says he got fired is because they didn't get Drew Brees. Because it was that year that Drew Brees was deciding whether to go to Miami or to New Orleans. And mm-hmm. he chose New Orleans. And then mm-hmm. it turned out to do very well in New Orleans. But, uh, yeah, Saban was coaching in the mid-2000s for Miami. Mm-hmm. And they did mediocre or poorly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. He went to Alabama right after that. That's crazy. So man. he coached at LSU, Miami, Dolphins, and then Alabama. That's crazy. And Alabama was a very mediocre program at the yeah. time. I so mean, they've ha- they have rich history mm-hmm. back from the Bear Bryant days in the 60s and 70s. But um, when he went there, I think there were barely 500 in the last 10 years. Mm. Last previous 10 if seasons you, before you, him. If you accumulate all the games yeah. together? Okay. There were barely 500. And then... When he showed up, they were okay the first two years. Then they won their national title in his third year, and then they won four of the last seven. Mm-hmm. So he has five championships in total with the one in LSU. So I think he is one behind Bear Bryant or tied with Bear Bryant for the most championships, mm-hmm. which is really impressive because you really, really have to work for winning the national title now because before they used to vote for who was the national champion based on your schedule. Yeah. And now you have to beat out everybody to get there. Right, so it's. I think that this is more of a true uh, way of defining a national champion. Nice. All right. So of course Alabama beating Clemson, forty-five to forty. Uh, the Tigers. I'm sorry, uh, didn't you know? I picked y'all to win it. Thought y'all were gonna do well. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a close game, but uh, y'all just didn't put on enough. So congrats. It was, it was great. It was a great Alabama. game. Yeah, well, it was. You know, they fought hard. So you know, don't hang your heads. They 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 fought till the very end for sure. Yeah, it was it was a good game. Yeah. So, uh, again, college football championship game. If you haven't seen it, catch it. You know you know who won. It's all good, but it's a pretty good game to watch. Yeah. Very Play while you're studying for, you know, GREs or whatever you're doing. All right. All right. So, now I just thought of this idea right now. Okay. For quick results. Because you just call it quick results. And we have a bunch of uh, uh, short kind of little segments. Yeah. Have to. So, you know, and, and you know, uh, what's that one? Pardon interruption. Okay. At the end of the show, when I do like, the little breakdown with the uh, uh, three seconds or whatever yeah, yeah. it is, or when you see like in uh, uh, what's the one where it looks like um, they're playing Simon, because like you know what that is in, in the ESPN the show. Where oh yeah, 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 I know. Uh, with Tony Real. Yeah, part, no, not part of the uh, the interruption. It's um, what's that? What's that show? What's that show? The viewer at home is like, no, wait, you're probably something young. around. Around the horn. Around the horn, yeah. Which is a phrase from baseballs, which when you turn a double play from third to second to anyways. Um <laughs> Around the Horn. You know how you know there's only a certain amount of time and all that? Yeah. I was thinking for uh, we gotta have this section. Like a rapid fire round yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. So like maybe we could do either like for each one there's like three seconds and we just gotta race through it. Okay. And then by the end we'll have like a nice little buzzer and be like, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Are we going to erase all this that we just said? Let's just do it right now. No, I'm going to keep it. No, it is original. This is a <laughs> process, everybody. It's an art. Just like, you know, inspired by the great, late David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Uh, this is an art. And um, it's improv, baby. Let's do this. So, for each one, three seconds. I'll put a time right here. Three seconds? 30. 
Okay. And Crazy's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, starting. We're good. Ready? Yeah, go. All right. Uh, Spurs beat the Cavs at San Antonio. Uh, well, um, yeah, the Spurs beat the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> Two great teams. I mean, they're doing really great well. Uh, San Antonio, I hate to, I hate to play this because we're talking about the Raiders coming in. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, Tim Duncan, a beast. LeBron, eh, it's been kind of weird. Have you LeBron, seen that? LeBron had a post about Tim Duncan. Uh, oh, how much he respects him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Tim Duncan kind of gave him love. You know, he saw about, like, like, being a professional yeah, yeah, yeah. and being consistent. Yeah. yeah. All right, 30 seconds to go. All right, Arsenal-Liverpool draw. What's up with that? Ar- what's up with Arsenal? It's not what's up with us. We drew. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you're a Liverpool fan. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah but like, like Arsenal is number one in the table. Arsenal? Li- Liverpool is number nine. <laughs> like Alan Rickman, we drew 3-3. Three, three, Can you and... imagine Alan Rickman if he was an Arsenal fan? Arsenal. Do not disappoint me. Which they have, and they will, and they've done. Yes. <laughs> and then Chelsea will just laugh and laugh while we win the championship. All right, next time. Just kidding. The Revenant and Leo won the Golden Globes. Again, we talked about that earlier. Slash alone won for Creed. I don't know why he said his name like that. But um, I love the Rocky films. I told Sergio earlier, I watched all um, the you first the whole five. Time. Yeah, while, while, my, while my partner was out in the Philippines. Uh, I loved it, man. Number three was my favorite, or four, three. Have you seen the new one? No. I got to get to that. But, uh, no, that was great stuff. We're but Stallone uh, got nominated for an Oscar this last uh, this year for Creed, mm-hmm. and he won the Golden Globe. So he's the favorite to win the sporting actor. Yeah. Go, go cool. for the next one. Last one. David Bowie is projected to score his first number one in America and dethrones, uh, or potentially dethrones Adele's 25 in the process. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's a great feat for a great artist, an iconic artist. Um, it's crazy that he's never had a number one album before mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, Adele has just been on, on a rampage. She's got she's had the number one album for seven weeks in a row in the United States, and mm-hmm. uh, I think she's she's about to lose that title because uh, she sold about one hundred thirty thousand copies last year, and we're done. Hello, Adele. Ah! The hits the ground and it's in, and we win again. We win the championship. They make a movie about us. Yes, the best podcast in the world. That was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep that. Hopefully, people are like, "What are they talking about?" We can't. We can't even understand what Wayne's saying. So you just uh, gotta hit that 15 seconds back button like, on the It's like, on the oh yeah, and, oh, and there's a thing where you can make it slower. Right? Yeah. So just do that. If you wanna listen to our voices, and we'll probably sound like Alan Rickman. Because it's a lot lower. Anyways, that reminds me of, uh, it's like Twista. We should play Twista. You know Twista? Yeah, right, Twista? Yeah. yeah. I'm making, what's Slow that jams. Song? Slow jams. Yeah. <laughs> Made me think it was uh, Space Jams. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, it was Twista and also Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes was. He was pretty fast, right? Busta was nice. Yeah. Every time I come a nigga gotta set it, then I gotta go and then I gotta get it, then I gotta blow and then I gotta shut it. Any little thing a nigga think that he be doing because it doesn't matter. Busta was really nice with it. <laughs> he's a nice, like, he's a nice guy. I was like, oh, I assume so. Um, now he's nice for a lot of things. No, and I, I just cry things. Nice. Um, all right. Next section. Talk a little bit about this. ESPN's greatest of all time NBA players list by, dis- by position. They've listed and uh, put out the list for point guards, shooting, shooting guards, guards, small forwards, forward, and power forwards. Centers, and centers Monday, Monday, probably. But any initial quick thoughts about that, Sergio? Uh, what really stood out to me for the point guard position was Steph Curry in his, what, sixth or seventh year this uh, this year, I think. I think it's his sixth year. Mm-hmm. He's already ranked number four. Then you... Ahead of Isaiah Thomas. Damn. Isaiah Thomas has won two championships with the Pistons. Not not the new one. Not that baby one, right? Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics? No. Yeah, I'm not joking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. 
Somewhere uh, Isaiah Thomas listens to our podcast. Like, oh man. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so I think that's just being a prisoner of the moment. Nice. With uh, Steph Curry. Chris Paul is at number six, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Paul overall has a, had a, has had a better career, but I think Steph Curry is definitely revolutionizing the position. You know, State Farm was it State Farm or not revolutionizing revolutionizing the game? Yeah, as a whole. And <laughs> State Farm. Uh, have you seen that commercial with State Farm where for the longest time it was, it was Chris Paul as their spokesman, and then it had a one time where you know Chris the Paul escalator, and all of a sudden it's like Steph Curry. Chris Paul's coming down. That's hilarious, Steph. man. Because that's basically so the symbolic mm-hmm. of, of how the career. I mean, Chris Paul's still a beast and has done well, but in terms of championships and just overall success, come on. Yeah. Curry's doing his thing. And then you got Magic at number one, of course. He's the sense. guy that definitely revolutionized the position. Mm-hmm. And then you got Oscar at number two and Stockton at number three. Other guys that were in the list were Walt Clyde Frazier, Jason Kidd. Um, who else made the list? I can't remember. I like how Frazier's a guy. He's a guy who um, does those uh, hair... Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the hair commercials, right? Yeah, where it's like coloring the hair. Yeah, it's like... Uh, Rogaine or something? Rogaine from Memphis, something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. All right, the shooting guard position... Of course, the GOAT has to be number one. Kobe. Michael Jordan. Kobe. That's the remix, baby. Kobe. And Kobe. <laughs> Kobe's at number two. Come on. I believe Jerry West Son. was number three. Okay, makes sense. The logo. Uh, Check out Jerry West's uh, tribute to Kobe. It's pretty sad. Clyde Drexler was number five. I'm trying to think who's number four. I can't remember. Kobe. My boy, Allen Iverson, the guy that I watched after Jordan wow. growing up. Uh, he was, I think, every... One of the most influential players in NBA history, for Talking sure. about practice. Um, but he was definitely a guy that I looked up to a lot because he wasn't like everybody else in the mm-hmm. league, right? He's a guy that you can definitely relate to because he was the smallest guy on the court, yeah. which I usually was when I was playing basketball. And because you have neck tattoos. And he had he played his, with his heart out. Like He definitely played the hardest out of anybody. Pound no, for did. pound, a lot of people say he's the best player that I ever played in the league. Because pound he, for pound. Because he weighed so much less. 160 pounds, 6 feet tall. Is that what pound for pound means? Is it usually for smaller players? Pound for pound basically means if weight or height wasn't an issue, this guy is the best at at this individual sport. And that's what they call, that's why they call Manny. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Because okay. he can't fight heavyweights. If yeah, you fought heavyweights, he'll get knocked out. Yeah, it'll just be easy. But, yeah. Like Olympia. So, Alan Iverson was number six. Or Pancet. Um... At the small forward position, my boy LeBron James, mm. already at number one. Okay. He's a top ten player for sure. Uh-huh. Larry Bird at number two. Dominique was at ten. Uh, Kevin Durant, I think four. Yeah, I right. believe. Uh, I can't remember who, who number three was. Uh, Elgin Baylor, I think. Elgin Baylor is somewhere in the mm. top ten. Yeah, and Kobe Bryant too. Kobe Bryant shooting guard. But um, <laughs> that means James Worthy. He didn't even make me look stupid. <laughs> he, I was joking, of course. He's been playing small forward. Uh, James Worthy was in the top 10. Nice. All right, so the power forward list, we just skimmed through it just when I got here. So, Timmy, Tim Duncan, the oh. guy that I argue for, I remember a couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah. No, you're right, man. He's a good player. Tim Duncan's at number one. KG's I mean, at four or something like that. Yeah. You got um, Carl Malone at, no. Yeah, Carmelo at She's two. two. Yeah, Mail KG Man. was like five because I remember Dirk was three and um, some other dude that we don't know is number four. No, I do remember Charles Barkley. <laughs> of course, Dennis Rodman was number ten. Scottie Pippen was four in mm. in the small four or three or four. I think it was three. 
quick small important the question show. about Tim Duncan. Yeah. Have they ever used the nickname Dunkin' Donuts? No, they call him the Big Fundamental. Damn. That, uh, if Dunkin' Donuts and the Spurs hooked up, though, come on. That's just easy marketing. Maybe I should be a madman. <laughs> Anyways, Don Draper. Don Jopanda. Don Draper. Don Draper. Uh, that's a good, uh, hey, I, I like that series. The ending was kind of weird, but I liked it. I haven't seen the ending. So don't spoil it. it. I won't. <laughs> uh, anyways, good, good, good. Check yeah. in on the. Uh, so I agree with, with all, all the positions, yeah. number ones at least. We got Magic, Jordan, LeBron, and we got uh, Tim Duncan. And center, we'll see what happens. Probably like Shaq or something. Probably um, be Wolf. Yeah, and then uh, you know, you're six, or Bill Russell. Six man, you probably want Kobe, right? <laughs> you're just riding <laughs> for him, aren't you? Hey man, Kobe Bryant, we love you. Come on this, uh, come on the show. That'd be a chance. crazy lineup, though. Magic to LeBron, come on the show. No, or? like I mean, Magic, LeBron, Michael, and Tim. Like they're all tall. Yeah. Nobody's like the traditional point guard is a small guy. But like Magic six nine, mm-hmm. LeBron six eight, Jordan six six, and Tim like six eleven. Mm. A tall, really tall lineup. That's your ESPN's greatest all time NBA player list breakdown by Sergio and Wayne. Moving on. All right, Sergio, we're closing up shop. Um, I know last week was a shorter kind of session. This week is a little longer, so you know we kind of balance it out as you should with life overall. That's one of the main messages from my favorite film, Inside Out. Um, that's also a message from uh, Rock, the Rocky films. Moving on, top five. So we are doing something a little different since we think both people deserve uh, this type of respect and mention. Um, Sergio, you're going to be doing your top five Bowie songs. So let's start off with that. Okay. While we play a little Bowie in the background. Um, let me just name songs that didn't make the list and so show how... Go ahead. Show how great of an artist he was, because like these songs didn't make the list, mm-hmm. and they're just great songs. They would make other people's top five. So Fame didn't make the list. Oh, Let's Stand fun. didn't make the list. Space mm-hmm. Oddity didn't make the list. Um, Is that the one? Uh, uh, something Commander to Space yeah, yeah. Control. Oh man, I like that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that was his first hit song. Oh, uh, yeah. Golden Years didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe Bryant didn't make the list. <laughs> Go ahead. When you play in Jordan's position, you never make the list. Inside Out didn't make the list. Um, <laughs> go ahead. All right. For so my top five for Bowie songs. It starts off with number five, Rebel Rebel. Wait, what? Rebel Rebel. Dude. Okay. Quick question. Have you ever seen a show with Chowder? No. There's a character in there, and I'll show you in a bit. His name is uh, Schnitzel, and he the way he talks, he doesn't talk in words. He just says Rebel Rebel, like Rebel Rebel. Rubble, 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 rubble. That's how he talks. Anyways, I'll show you later. <laughs> hey, go move forward. Number five is Rubble, rubble. Number four rubble, is Young rubble. Americans. Okay. Uh, number three is Changes. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Number two is Ziggy Stardust. Azalea. Okay. Yeah, that's the the song, not the album. That's that's what <laughs> made and, her parents name her, her Ziggy. Anyway, go ahead. And and number one, my favorite song, my favorite Bowie song, not my favorite song. My favorite Bowie song is Heroes. Oh, they're bringing that show back to NBC. Uh, oh, I should just cancel it. Anyways, sorry. I'm being too funny right now. Um, so why do you like Heroes? I like Heroes because it's a song that doesn't have... Um, that's timeless. Mm-hmm. It, it, doesn't ha- it doesn't feel like a 70s song. It doesn't feel like a song that came 
from 1976. It feels like a song that can be played today. It's a song that's been played in several different movies. It's, uh, have you ever seen, uh, what's the name of that movie? Perks of Being a Wallflower mm-hmm. or something like that? I can't remember the name of the movie. It's with Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Oh, the from, hipster one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a coming of age movie. When Hermione becomes a hipster. But I think, yeah, Emma Watson introduces this song to this, the main character. Right, and it's it's heroes, but they don't know who sings the song. <laughs> so, like throughout the whole movie, they're trying to figure out who sings the song, and then until the end of the movie, he's like, "Oh, that's internet? David Bowie." They can't just this is, the the movie takes place in the eighties. Oh, <laughs> wait, you can ask somebody. Come on, you can go to regular shop and ask about that. I guess it's not that important. Anyways, make sure Hermione like let me show you my magic, a little different kind of magic. Yeah. Plays a song, they take LSD, and they run off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great movie. You should definitely check out that movie too. Got it. Um, but heroes, heroes, yes. baby. All right, my what, what's my job? Your job, Wayne, mm. Joe Panda, uh, is to name the top five Rickman movies, Alan Rickman movies. And do not disappoint me, Mister Joe Panda. All right, Mister Rickman, uh, Professor Snape, number five. Okay, first and foremost, I gave Wayne this rule. You can't, you can't have all Harry Potter movies in Come your top on, five. Come man. So, Harry Potter's going to be... Oh, i got to rewrite just, my list. <laughs> Harry God, Potter's going to be just it. one entry all to itself, the whole series. Oh, so. man. Uh, Ten seconds later. All right, so number five. Love Actually. I know it's not really the best film. <laughs> but British, I, I like... Uh, I watched it as a kid. A British romantic comedy? Yes, yes. So many... That's, that basically started a whole um, kind of trend of like... Let's just get like a really bad script and shove as many stars it's, as we it's can. Like, it's not like the Valentine's Day, yeah. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, which basically song. is a ripoff of Love Actually. That's basically what it is. You know, I'm talking about all those movies. Where but this one's people. exclusively British actors and actors. Yep, exactly. There's probably a couple of maybe American folks, but yeah, for the most part, it's British actors. Like Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Grant was you know his big buck teeth and all that. Um, Isn't he like the prime minister or something? He's a prime minister. He plays a prime minister. He plays Nobody's gonna believe that. Plays basically, <laughs> basically like the British version of Justin Trudeau now. You know, yeah, very yeah. handsome, you know, good looking, down to earth though, kind of you know, leader of the country. Um, Alan Rickman plays uh, not really the best character because he was actually my least favorite character. Uh, plays this guy who basically cheats on his wife. I think he always plays your least favorite character, right? No, no, no. He always plays like not a every villain time. type. Probably in the beginning, but Snape was very different. Galaxy Quest, I think, it was different. Dogma was very different. Not every time. Just the, the ones that he's he most. You just named all your movies right oh! now. <laughs> Just forget that. I'm on my second Firestone DBA. Two, four, both of those guys. Anyways, number five, look, actually, I'll move on from that. Um, check it out if you would, Jabu. Um, or if you just want to, you know, feel happy about the holidays. for <laughs> Christmas. Um, number four, Galaxy Quest. Uh, really great film. Um, basically, it, it's kind of uh, takes this kind of satire look at uh, science fiction films. Uh, Tim Allen's in it. Um, I think the guy who plays Adrian Monk from Monk, I forgot his name, but I love that guy. He's also in it as well. And basically, take this crew um, of actors and actresses who play like this sci-fi, um, kind of like a Star Trek ish yeah. uh, crew, and it plays basically put them in actual space. These aliens come in and, and they like, "Yo, we saw your show." They basically think the show is actual life, mm-hmm. and they try to talk to him like, "Hey, we need your help." Da, da, da. They get a bunch of mess. It's pretty crazy, pretty fun. It is funny. I watched it. Very a while underrated. Ago. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Number three, Dogma. 
Um, if you know Silent Bob, what's it called? Jane Silent Bob. Um, it's, it's, this is a movie tied within that kind of franchise. Um, a really interesting film about about it's a religion. For sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I would check it out. Um, Alan Rickman plays one of the angels. He plays the, basically the tetr- tetraton or something like that. The the voice of God, mm-hmm. and uh, he basically does his his classic Alan Rickman dry satire kind of dry humor, deep double bass voice kind of persona, and it's really great. Number two, I'm probably get a lot of flack from people, including Sergio, Die Hard, Hans Gruber. Uh, probably one of um, the most well-known villains in action film history. history. Um, this is also, uh, from what people have um, stated, was uh, Rickman's breakout film, you know? Yeah, it's a breakout film and probably one of action film, one of the better action movies of all time. Exactly. Last but not least, hear the music. Your wizard Harry, Harry Potter. All of the movies, man. Like, if you think of Alan Rickman, and we see it on our social media, the one film that, and the one film that they uh, take out gifts and uh, stills and pictures from, uh, one the one character that uh, Alan Rickman did an amazing job He's of portraying most remembered and out for. there was Professor, Professor, excuse me, was Professor Severus Snape. Um, amazing character, yeah. very conflicted character. Probably basically came out of the, uh, the books and, and movies being my favorite character. Uh, the film, which I was surprised because at first I, I really hated the guy. Uh, so yeah. well, the thing is that he did his job. He make he made you feel different type of ways every time he came on screen, yes. which is an actor's job. Yeah, right. Yeah. To end this uh, extra long episode to compensate for last last week, um, what are we watching? What are we watching, man? You start off, Sergio. What's up? Uh, this upcoming week, we're going to be watching the AFC and NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the Patriots are going to be playing the Broncos, and the Panthers are going to be playing... Um, who else was our pick? Uh, Panthers. Panthers and Cardinals for me. Packers for me. Actually, let's get an update. What's going on? Uh-oh. 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 Oh, it's close. 7-6 right. in the third, third quarter. quarter um, with 10 minutes to go. In the Cardinals quarter. still up by one point. 7-6. to six. That's going to be... Oh, we should, I want to check up on that. Stream and see what's up. All right. So we're going to be checking that out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be checking out the rematch mm-hmm. between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, which might be a finals preview. Got it. Right. Um, well, then I'm checking out this new show on Showtime called Billions. What's that about? That's a show about a guy that's a billionaire, <laughs> hence billions. Okay. Um, who has his own um, kind of like hedge fund, mm-hmm. and um, he is getting caught up or getting chased by this uh, district attorney in New York City. Okay. For um, maybe doing some corrupt stuff, but we don't know if he's done anything corrupt. Hmm. The crazy thing about that show is that the DA's wife works at this guy's hedge fund. Okay. So, kind of have to tie in both together. Uh, another show that I highly recommend to Wayne before we got on on uh, air is uh, Making a Murderer. Mm. Okay. It's not gory, Wayne. All right. It's not I'll, gory. I'll check it out, Sergio. Uh, and I guarantee you'll be upset by the time you finish watching the show. I'm always upset. <laughs> Inside out. It's okay to be upset. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, my picks in the near uh, ish future. <laughs> Big news for friends, fans. Uh, 
the cast of Friends, aside from Matthew Perry, because he has a play going on, are going to make a reunion. Apparently. Apparently. Uh, a reunion. Well, not really a reunion, is it? Uh, they have five out of six friends coming up together to meet up uh, to, uh, from what I remember, uh, pay tribute to one of the producers slash writers or directors. Probably. Um, sorry, I don't really know who he was. But check that out. If you're a Friends fan, you could marathon Friends on Netflix, of course. Portlandia. The new season is coming out. They just released the first episode, which it was hilarious. Uh, a little different from the rest of the other episodes, which well, it was still pretty funny. So check out Portlandia. It's one of my favorite comedies, one of my favorite shows to catch up on. A really good laugh. Uh, I'm making fun, of, making fun of a lot of uh, current hipster cultures, uh, which I love. And my last uh, kind of shout out, and it's kind of random and also kind of late. The Great British Bake Off, baby. Uh, this is a random show you can catch on Netflix. It's not even random, but it's it's really well known in England. Uh, a lot of older folks, of course, watch it. It's not even like, you know how like in Food Network shows for competitions, it's like really like jazzed up and people are really, like, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, dramatic with the sequences, like for Gordon Ramsay shows. It's always like those weird like sound effects, like SVU kind of sound effects. This is not. There's a bunch of like British folks from different backgrounds. Coming together, baking in the middle of like a garden. <laughs> Very low, low stress. Like basically what I love watching, Sergio, because I don't like stress. Um, but great, uh, great British Bake Off. Check it out. All right. Anything else, Sergio? Nothing for this week. All right. So that was our long session. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Again, send us any questions or comments, anything you want to get on the air. We'd love to have your voice on the air at the Panda Bar. Double R, of course, at gmail.com. Send us your emails. Also, like us on Facebook, The Panda Bar. Again, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're outside your house right now. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter at The Panda Bar, Double R. Uh, and we hope you know you enjoyed our podcast. And again, thank you for joining us. As always, my name is Buenjo Panda, alongside Sergio Barragan. And keep those Olympia rolls tight, baby. Yes, sir. Play us out, Bowie. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom's Seven Six Commencing countdown engines on Three Two Check ignition And may God's love be with